1: Okay, so one of the uh, uh, biggest attractions for Talk Is Jericho, the the the, the spreading uh, all across the nation, is the reaction to the classic album, Clash. And we are here in uh, Pinera di Cervia in Italy with a day off on a Fozzie tour. So with Rich and Billy and Frank, who's here under protest.
0: <laughs> he right wanted desperately
1: really. to do an Aerosmith Clash. He did, and I said, it's my Show, so we're gonna do Dio, which we've been talking about for a while. Uh, stand up and shout and last in line. Um, holy diver, sorry,
2: holy sure. diver, in yeah, holy diver, line. And Last yeah. line. but sorry, stand sorry. up and shout. I mean, it's yeah, the, it's the first, lead it's off track, the first track of
1: yeah. but um, once again, when we're doing these shows, there's so many options, and the rules, once again, though, is it has to be uh, the same amount of songs on each record. And they have to be by the same band. That's kind of my rule because I got a lot of suggestions. Hey, you guys should do, you know, uh, uh, Rain and Blood versus, you know, Spreading the Disease by Anthrax. It doesn't work that way. It has to be with the same band, same amount of tracks. So, what we found in doing these is there's a lot of albums from this time frame, which is 83, 84, 85, that are almost sister albums, yeah. right? Like the Metallica. Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets—they mirror each other. Um, there's been a couple of the, the Aussie ones that we yes, did, Dire Man and yes, Blizzard, totally. kind of mirror each other. And these records also totally mirror each other, as we'll get into and delve into more. Um, but we're talking about Ronnie James Dio, the late great Ronnie James Dio, and we always used like always like to start out by how we first heard of, of, of these guys and um, and uh, what kind of a relationship you have to these records. So I'll start with you, uh, Rich. Being a, a fairly big Dio fan, <clears throat> correct in that assessment?
2: Yeah, he's actually in my top five of all favorite vocalists. I've, mm-hmm. I've always loved him because I'm a, at heart, I'm a blues rock singer guy, and Dio is a blues rock singer but he did the best job of marrying blues rock and heavy metal. So he's like the evil Paul Rogers in my book. Like he can easily <laughs> sing for Bad Company if Bad Company sold their soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why I love him because he is, his, phr- his phrasing and uh, just his approach to melody uh, really suits my preferences. And I love his band uh, whether it's been Rainbow I know, he, I know he had Elf. I'm not really familiar with that catalog but whether it was Rainbow Rainbow, or whether it was um, Sabbath Sabbath and then obviously Solo, like he never really changed his style because he had such a unique thumbprint, there was no need to, it's kind of like Ozzy Ozzy is Ozzy, Mm -hmm. you know, Lemmy is Lemmy Dio is Dio, they have such a unique thumbprint that as soon as you hear that voice it's like, wow, that's Dio um, and it's a style that very few people were able to replicate. I mean, there were guys who you can tell were big Dio fans, but never. I mean, that's why I think even the last in line, the, the guys from Dio's uh, early band got somebody who sounded totally different. Uh, you know, they got Andrew to sing for them. Yeah, you
1: can't replicate that voice. And it's funny, too, because when I had Tony Naomi on this show, he was saying that when Dio's name was first brought up, that Don Arden, who's Sharon's dad, was managing Sabbath and said, you can't hire this guy. That's why. He's like, he's a midget because Dio was very small. He's got to hear him sing. I don't care what he sounds like. Look at him. He's five foot two. He can't be the lead singer of Black Sabbath. And of course, he starts singing. It sounds like he's freaking seven foot eleven giant. And that's the the kind of misnomer
2: too is like how many guys have you met in bands that are five foot two totally. that when you see them on stage they don't look five foot two because mm-hmm. they're on a stage for Pete's sake. Is everybody like, in Anthrax? Yeah. It's <laughs> like just make sure you fire the guy that's super tall <laughs> so he doesn't reveal the height. Or that's put why him behind Robin the Robin Crosby from Rat <laughs> made everybody else look small.
1: I was one of that guy John Marshall that uh, replaced James Hetfield when he broke his arm and he was in Metal Church for a while. Like he's good enough to play with Metallica but he never got another gig because he was six foot eleven. You can't have a six foot eleven guy in no. a rock and roll band no you're no. too tall you're too fucking tall i was a huge fan of mob rules that was like my first
2: uh record i ever heard dio sing on i loved that album I, and then i got live evil black sabbath live record that dio sang on i thought that was one of the best live albums of the, of that period of time amazing album and then uh i'm i became a lifelong dio fan i mean i followed him i saw him a million times frank and i've gone to see dio together in the 80s and uh, I'm I will I will die a Dio fan. I love him.
1: My, uh, my favorite thing about the Live Evil record, you know, what Live Evil is backwards. Live Evil, Live Evil, Live evil. <laughs> strong. <laughs> strong, strong, strong. Uh, Billy, what's your relationship with the Dio band?
3: My relationship is is I got into him via an, an uncle listening to Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Then, as a kid in my world famous band Sleaze Patrol, my buddies <laughs> introduced me to. Uh, to the Holy Diver record. And the first song that I was introduced was uh, Don't Talk to Strangers oh. and was completely blown away by that one. Mm. Then, uh, you know, of course, the world famous Police Patrol started covering these songs and actually got to go see the Last in Line tour and was sold from there. And I always thought that no matter how tall he was, he was always larger than life with that voice.
1: Well, well
2: said. By the way, Billy never ran with the motto, don't talk to strangers. He <laughs> loves
1: to actually approach I strangers know, on I'll the he here. also never ran with the motto don't accept candy from strangers yeah, either. Yeah,
4: yeah. Which led to a couple <laughs> Little of Little known uh, fact he loves candy <laughs> <I do. laughs> and strangers.
1: Frank, the uh,
4: under protest, Frank? Well, not under protest. Um <laughs> Aerosmith Rocks. <laughs> 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 no, not under protest. Just I'm I I as much as I uh, admired Ronnie James Dio and love, you know the the songs that I've heard of him and everything. I just wasn't as much of an aficionado as as Billy and Rich. You know, I just didn't feel like I could contribute as much to the discussion. Um, but I didn't discover him until until Holy Diver, and I just I just heard uh, Rainbow in the Dark on the radio you know and just was like wow what a great song you know and then just you know heard that and uh holy diver you went and saw Dio live though i did though i i saw dio um on the i saw him on the last in line tour and uh, it was him and special guest Doc and at the Omni. And uh, it was amazing. I loved that show. It was so intense. It was a really, really intense show, Um, you know, because Vivian Campbell playing guitar and, um, you know, and he was just such an amazing player and and Dio's such a great singer and such. Uh, I've seen... I think I've seen Dio like four times, you what know. what was the
2: time that we went together uh to see them and it was Sabotage
4: and Megadeth and Megadeth and Dio. That was on the uh that was on the um uh Sacred Heart, was it? No, it was the tour after Sacred Heart, which I was uh Lock Up the Wolves no, the Wolves? No, 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 it wasn't Lock Up the Wolves, it was um, oh, uh Dream Evil. Dream Evil, yes, yes. It was the Dream Evil tour. And it was right when he was kind of a little bit like had crested and started yeah. coming down a little bit and had you know and Thrash, because that's when Thrash became really big and uh probably they were more people there to see megadeth you know open form than this and see.
2: i would actually say that and this will will kind of put some credence in this discussion of why these two records are so important i think th- what these two benefit these two albums benefit from is the same thing that the first two Aussie solo records benefited from was that it was the perfect band for dio like perfect. that that jimmy bain uh, Vinnie Appice, Vivian Campbell lineup was
4: yeah was
2: unstoppable. I, it was unstoppable yes. to me. Like yes. I even wrote this down that they were like. Uh, m- more polished, more refined, uh, and more a musically proficient and tighter version of Black Sabbath. They harnessed yes. all of those kind of the, the darkness and the riffs of mm-hmm. Sabbath, but there was a refinement about it that was that spoke to the era. A lot of those yes, bands uh, in Revenge. the '80s and Van Halen was very responsible for that. There was a refinement mm-hmm. of your playing. Everyone was striving to be like George Lynch or Warren Martini, and mm-hmm. Vivian Campbell was a perfect guitar player for that age yeah. because he was a shredder but he still like
1: all those other greats had feel
2: and style and when you hear Vivian play you know it's him.
1: He told me when he was on this show that when he was auditioning for Dio and once again there's so many similarities between Dio and the last classic album Clash do with Ozzy when he went solo mm-hmm. and that Ozzy got himself a gunslinger and people knew Randy Rose but the world really didn't out of nowhere let's say same thing with Dio pulling uh, Vivian, Vivian Campbell and Cam- Vivian said when he auditioned it was LA 1980. Two or whatever, everyone's coming in and just Malmsteening the shit out of it. And he said he played all that stuff, and Dio kept saying, Keep playing, keep playing. He said, I ran out of stuff, so I started doing Chuck Berry licks. Nice. And that's when Dio went, You're the guy. Because he had the feel, yeah. Everyone can the go, fire, little yes. bit, Like you know, the fire The fire, exactly. yes, the fire. Yeah. like you said. Now, Billy, let me ask you. And I, first of all, don't let me forget. I want to talk about the name Dio, But Billy, being a, the, the 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 flash rockin' man, we've seen except a couple times this last few days <laughs> of, of your your area. Who was harder to play, the the Randy Rhodes solos or the Vivian solos, or what were the differences between the two as a great player?
3: The differences were, to me, I think Randy was a bit more uh, classically influenced as far as uh, the solos that he played. They were more neoclassical, but they, they still yeah, had the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas uh, Vivian... He did stick to more pentatonic blues, but still with the shred with the shred mentality, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know, if you listen to uh, Randy's solo in uh, Diary of a Madman, he jumps into one of those uh, harmonic minor scales. And whereas Vivian usually sticks to to pentatonic mm-hmm. and 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 blues oriented, but did it metal style.
1: So would it be fair to say that Randy was more of a player that was influenced by, let's say, Bach? I would say. Whereas this. Vivian would be more influenced by. Chuck Chuck Berry,
3: yes,
2: yes, interesting, and and I will jump on that and and just add two little thoughts, and that is that Vivian Campbell had much more in common with Dimebag because his playing was unorthodox it was very hard to learn what vivian campbell played because it didn't follow the rules interesting he had a very unique style and if you listen to the guitar solo that i played in wolves at bay on the new fozzy record and there's actually another solo that i've done in fozzy i totally copied the little lick that vivian does in invisible where he plays the little one four pattern and he moves it down and then he moves it up and then he moves it up a half soon. and he does these very interesting things that are not stereotypical to what Randy there was a method it's easy to learn how to play like Randy Rhodes because it makes sense Mm -hmm. because he was a schooled musician and what he played was musical whereas Vivian had much more in common with Eddie Van Halen and with with guys like Dimebag who had had a thumbprint that was pretty unique that if you needed to learn it it wasn't a a structured style you would have to actually listen to every note to figure out what he
0: was doing interesting yeah
1: thought was great too was was just uh, the, the, kind of a trend to have a last name uh, as the name of the band and obviously Van Halen was great and something that like Keel was not right. Dio I always no offense, loved Kiel. it and I was very surprised when I found that that was not his real name. Dio I think I'm not sure I think it means devil in Italian. What do we know what Dio means, Frank?
4: uh It actually means I mean doesn't it mean God? God in, in Italian. In Italian.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Dios, right? Dio. Yeah.
4: yeah. See, you are adding to the conversation. What do you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I just love that name Dio because it's very memorable. It's mysterious it's a little bit evil yep you know and he played it up to the to the played hilt the fullest yeah but he was actually ronnie james Padovana, which is not as uh you Padovan. can't really chant that yeah, yeah, james not
3: Padovana. as marketable Padovana. Padovana.
1: <laughs> yeah but like we were saying that the, the the similarities between the two between Ozzy's band and, and dio's band very cool both of them being in sabbath and in a lot of ways dio's work in sabbath i mean you know you can't replace the classic aussie stuff but Dio's two records I would put up against any two Aussie records in the blacks I'm I'm talking about Black Sabbath Dio's two Black Sabbath records I would say could go toe to toe with the best two Aussie Black Sabbath records I would totally, I totally agree with that, agree with that Well
4: it was it was smart on their part to get a guy who sounded nothing right. at all like Aussie
2: completely
1: different right
2: yeah. and push the band to grow yeah. because hey, they were totally. going to have to write
4: to meet Dio where he was as a as a vocalist which yeah. was brilliant because he was coming in with a reputation as well. It's not like he was just some schmo off the street, you know. Sure, so sure. They had to they had to step up their game to get him in the band, you know, as well.
1: So. And actually, the, what you talked about, Rich, about live evil, that was, I guess, the reason why Dio left Black Sabbath because apparently they went back behind his back and re-recorded some of his vocals or whatever the hell they did. caused a big rift between Dio and, and Tony. Dio splits, takes the drummer of the band as well. The two Americans. Right. Yep. Once again, you're talking about the quintessential British metal band. Took the American with them, and he's starting from scratch. So, I first heard Dio because this came about um, when the whole metal thing was really beginning big. And I just remember Rainbow in the Dark was always on the radio. And so cool to think about the time when Rainbow in the Dark was like a charting single, yes. like the way that like Judas was or something along those lines. Because you would hear it all the time. And I remember just like thinking like, "There's, there's lots of keyboards on this." Yeah. You know, like this keyboards and heavy metal sounds cool. You never really thought about that, but the Holy Diver record was released. Um, let's see what we got here. It was released May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. Uh, produced by, by Dio, Ronnie James Dio, yep. which I did not know. And last in line. Uh, came out July of 1984 we don't have an exact uh, time frame on that but once again that's basically one year and a month or so after uh, after the Holy Diver, Holy Diver record came yeah.
4: out, it's so strange Both to think that, by that bands used to release albums with that kind of frequency because that doesn't happen anymore.
1: And classic, classic albums, yeah. Yeah. you know, touring cycles
2: were shorter as well, right? Yeah.
1: sure, yeah, probably also too. I think there was a lot of um, almost like Ozzy's solo band where there's a lot of uh, questioning over how he's going to do, or is anybody going to care? You know, that, right. that he's got this thing. But if you're looking at uh, Dio, Holy Diver was number forty. And Rainbow in the Dark was number 14 on the charts. So uh, he did have a little bit of steam there. And on Last in Line, uh, he had, uh, let's see what singles he had on Last in Line. I think it was actually the song Last in Line, wasn't it? Let's see what what the charts were for that. So the charts on that one were Mystery, 20, We Rock, 14, Last Last in Line, number 10. Yeah Wow So there you go He had had some actual hits Back in those days So uh, if we're going to go talk about the covers For both Which we usually get backwards But this time we'll do The cover for Holy Diver As the classic The the kind of the devil guy Whose whose nickname was Murray
4: That's right Oh Did you 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 know the whole thing about how his logo spells out devil right
1: If you turn Dio upside down Apparently you can see the word devil
4: D-E-V. I didn't even know you
1: had to turn it upside down but yeah I guess you do. Yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah. Dio Devil. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> devil. Control <Yeah>. your phone. <laughs> it looks like a Dio show they would Yeah, put the, it d- does. Right? They would do that. Yeah, so you can kind of see if yeah. those throws phone at home, you can kind of see a D E V I L. It's really hard to see. There's no way they meant it to be, but whatever. So, uh, I remember Dio always saying that uh it's it's Murray throwing a priest into the water. Where Dio would say, well, how do you know it's not a yeah, priest, you know priest throwing a devil? devil and the
4: devil's not the priest.
1: Into a water. It's like, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, okay.
4: <laughs> right? I guess you don't know, do you?
1: You don't know, Dio. And then, of course, last in line, another similar cover featuring the illustrious Murray. And this is kind of more of a um, it's more of an Egyptian type of a vibe or something? Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. The masses, the, mass the slaves it. where he's the overlord. Yeah, overlooking
1: Murray, that. the demons overlooking the slaves is the kind of breaking free from their oppression or killing each other or something. Like that. What was it about 1984 and Egypt and Egyptian was, themes? There was a lot of it going on. There, there was right? power Iron slave. I yeah. mean, well, that was the era
2: too, where you, we had a lot of network television shows where there was real interesting King Tut yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the Egyptian tombs and the Pharaohs right. and everyone was like, when the when the teacher would come to school uh, with the film strip on the Egypt stuff, I was like,
3: "Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: no math. we get, yeah. we
1: get pharaohs right. and mummies, so pyramids, heavy. man, pyramids, man. Pyramids are heavy." Um, so we'll go to the track by track uh, debate, the showdown, shall we speak? And of course, both starting off, and we, like I said earlier, these are very mirror uh, image type of records. Uh, Holy Diver starting off with stand up and shout which was covered by Fozzie. Yes, it was. We should still do that in VIP. Is there a reason why we don't? No, not that I'm aware of. It would, then it's usually because you would say no, but if you say that we should that do it song. still, it's yeah. a great song. I think we've done it recently, haven't we? We did it when Dio mm-hmm. died, yeah, which I think was back in 2011 bit. or 12 or yeah, something like that's that. that's the last time we played As a matter of fact, we did that live. Billy's probably not going to want to hear this, but the one show that you couldn't play with us where we got Mick from Australia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did okay. set up a show because I think Dio had just died that day or something. But we should bring that back into the VIP set. That's always a fun one. I remember all the words, so that's a No, there, there you go. So uh, Stand Up and Shout out on Holy Diver. And then it goes up against We Rock uh, on Last in Line. Here's the little thing. So Dio wrote a lot of songs, but here's what you said. I think as we listen to this, you're going to find that it's Dio is the name, but it is a band through and through. Even more so than Ozzy's band, I would say. Because everybody's writing, everyone's contributing. Stand Up and Shout, Jimmy Bain and Ryan James Dio. We Rock, written just by Dio. Uh, Frank, kick us off what you think of those two songs. And I know you know them both.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, that I mean, that's a tough one to choose between those because those are two of my favorite of his songs. Right. I've been thinking about that. I, it's really hard for me to to pick between those two. But I guess if I had to, I would pick We Rock and i'm not exactly sure why um i can't really i can't really uh break it down into anything other than like if you were on a desert island and you could only have a recording of one of those songs which one would it be and it'd be like well i guess uh I guess I'd have to pick We Rock. I just like the I like the um that kind of galloping uh quality it has to the beat, you know. I've always liked that when bands use that that kind of uh kind of thing. And I just like the melody in it, you know. I find myself uh if I hear that song I find myself more inclined to, you know, sing along to it than uh than stand up and shout. So yeah, I'd have to go with We Rock. That would be my favorite.
1: I'm gonna go we rock and I'll tell you the reason why. Um stand up and shout even though we played it never a big fan but i love the fact that we rock had a video that was from Dio live in Philadelphia, which was a video cassette that you could buy. That I bought via mail order wow. from Circus live Magazine from the Spectrum. That's it, yeah. live for the Spectrum. Exactly, Great. I had Great it. Yes, and that was the teaser. They put, the, they took the the live clip, and if you saw the lineup, you're like, oh, that looks so cool. And I remember we always laughed, like Vinnie Appice looked like he was gonna have a stroke while he was playing. Like yeah. he's, he was always still like, oh, 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 oh. but um, I just, I, I also just love the awesome lyrics of we rock which to me was just always something cool um
4: it's a good statement we it's a good rock. St-
1: we rock yes. and it's we uh, ride out carry out sing a song carry on you know we rock it's something you could sing together and listen stand up and shout once again not far behind but for me i always was more uh, drawn to we rock billy i'm gonna go stand up and shout Ooh. um the reason being i love the uh
3: the intro riff that starts it off well now, and as a guitar it, player for both is that a hard riff? Uh it to, to execute it like that, dude, it's it's no joke. Yeah. It, to, to get it like that with the with the, the pivoting off the open A string into the chords, it's you gotta, you know. I mean we gotta used to have to play a riff. live
1: rich, you said that's not a song that you're jumping around to. You gotta be a little bit more controlled. Yeah, you you do. Yeah.
3: So uh so yeah um, I'm gonna go stand up and shout because just from the riff to the uh, even you know those are anthemic lyrics as well like stand up and shout hi even thing, in the breakdown like there's a like, right? yeah like when they do the breakdown stand up and shout hi right, right, right. you know I love that it leads into a great solo and, and just I, I overall love that song so I'm gonna go stand up and shout
2: Rich I love stand up and shout for it's aggressiveness I
3: love that opening
2: riff like Billy said it's that just is so aggressive, aggressive right out of the gate, but I do think that We Rock is a better constructed song. If I'm if I have to go head to head, I think melodically, as Frank said, I think it's a much better uh, written melody. I think it's really unique uh, Dio's approach melodically on it, and I also love on that the chorus part that 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 sail on, sing a song is a two part harmony, and then carry on is a three part harmony, which is pretty cool for a hard rock slash metal bands to have the big three part thing and I think Dio was smart because he was one of those few guys um, of that kind of era of metal that was able to sing really aggressively and have really unique uh, melodic parts but they were super accessible and they always felt like they could be on the radio uh and that's one of those songs i mean i think the song's excellent so i'm gonna go with we rock even though like stand up and shout is one of my most favorite riffs of all time it's just dio's uh vocal performance just takes we rock and a little bit of
1: trivia the first song ever if you go by uh the first track on the first Fozzie record was stand up and shout it's the first one ever so that's there you right. go but i also like the fact and that's a good point because when we did that uh, metal allegiance version of "We Rock." There was a couple vocalists on it that nailed it. There was a couple on it that did not. Um, But the thing that I noticed was Dio's singing you mentioned three-part harmony but dio's singing them all himself yes. yes which as the singer you should but still pretty rare there's usually somebody else in the system that's mm-hmm. doing it yeah that, that's the steve perry
2: once once yeah. the rest of the band was yeah. excluded from vocals on <laughs> in the studio
1: <laughs> hey there's good. steve perry five times Send. the standard <laughs> but also once again produced by ronnie james deal I'm, I'm sure there might be a same engineer on both records and, oh, yeah. the, yeah. partner yes yeah, there's the sean grove uh, then once again, mirroring, you got the the, the the fast opener about live rock and roll, and then you got the title track, kind of a mid tempo, "A Holy Diver" uh, by Dio, the song uh, written by Dio, and then the "Last in Line" written by Jimmy Bain, Vivian Campbell, and Ronnie James Dio. Uh, both of them almost six minutes long, which is also something very wow. strange for radio songs. So, uh, Billy, what do you think, "Holy Diver" versus "Last in Line"? Well, that's a hard one, but I'm gonna go.
3: Uh, I'm going to go last in line because I love the way it starts off slow yeah,
1: with yeah. the classical guitar,
3: classical style guitar. Okay, and then it builds up... Uh to the yeah and then just when it when the band kicks in and the don't on and the keyboards kick in and then just the right into the verse it's we're off to the wedge you know they get the they get that groove going and um dude i just and the the guitar solo is awesome yeah. not to take away from holy diver because that's a great song too yeah. love it as well
1: i'm going last in line Dude, I, I think for me, Last Line might be my favorite Dio song. One of mine. I think mine. it's the best written song that he has. And um and this is an interesting story, and, and, and chime in on this. Back in those days, videos were very important. Very. And that video is really cool. It's like this kid who I remember he was on the TV version of the Bad News Bears. His name was oh, really? his name was Mino Peluche. And he was riding oh, no, his bike, too. and then like he kind of he's delivering something and then he gets caught in an elevator and he ends up yeah. in hell and then like he has to escape by pulling the demons like veins out of his head and the only non-demon is Dio it's just like this is awesome <laughs> and uh I just love the video and I love the song because I remember I heard it on the radio first and I thought it was called Everlasting Life oh. Everlasting Life oh wow and I couldn't believe like oh the last in line well when the video came on well this sounds like Everlasting Life but maybe it's a song that's kind of similar and when I saw the video I finally had to Pull a Frank but And admit that it wasn't Everlasting Life It was actually <laughs> Last line But um Just a great solo Great lyrics Oh my god With also the, the cool. outro You know We're the cold Without the warm We're the calm Without the storm You know Dude, All the different ones um, Killer
4: He loved that device He loved using the We're the yes. something Without the something You know Yeah
1: like, yeah You're right You're insert
4: right Insert here Insert here
1: And then And or maybe We're a
4: boat Without an oar or <laughs> But also possibly a room Without a floor a cold Without a sore Hemp without a whore.
1: <laughs> but I also love that, you know, we'll know for the first time yeah. if yes. we're evil or divine, we're the last, last in, in line. line. And I always wondered what the last in line meant, and I'm sure it had meaning to him, but I also love at the very end of the fade out, he goes, we're the last in, we're the last in, we're the last in, we're the first in line. Yeah. He gives you a little, little we've made it to the first. So um, just a masterpiece song written by the whole band. Which tells me once again that it was the Dio band that was the genius. It wasn't just Dio. So what do you think, Rich? And don't
2: forget, uh, Last in Line also includes rough cut keyboardist, Claude,
1: Claude Schnell. Schnell, Claude Schnell. the mustache himself. And this was his first album where he was actually part of the band.
4: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, Claude Schnell. Yes. He was in Rough Cut. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know Rough Cut had a keyboard player. Yeah, dude. Which then we took Claude the name Schnell. Claude Schnell and used it for Claude Waddy Watson uh, in an earlier version of Fozzie. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to go with
2: Last in Line because uh, for all the things that you've said, but also in the Intro, something I was listening to it as I always do in these uh, classic album clashes. I like to do a few listens through with some headphones, and Vinny App- he's playing. I've always he's always been one of my favorite drummers, and I Frankel can 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 kind of confirm this. But we used to spend lots of time rehearsing, and I always say play like Vinny. He always played snare. I mean, I'm not saying he excluded toms, but he was the master of the snare fill. Mm-hmm. But he also you could tell he loved John Bonham. Because yeah. if you listen to the intro of The Last in Line, he does the snare drag on that. well And it's, it has a really nice groove to it. And I know it's kind of overlooked because it's got this amazing classical guitar bit and Dio's laying down this masterful, breathy, all with all that kind of bluesy bravado that he has but Vinnie always the underappreciated man behind the kit like Frank Fonsere very appreciated in my heart yeah way to go Vinny. Well. To see. Uh, one of my favorite of all time solos by uh, Vivian Campbell and I love it I always love the da 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 they always leave the little spaces yeah. in there which is classic with, Joe with, Walsh with, with the Eagles, all the greatest solos leave the gap with just drum parts. Yes,
1: down, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool.
2: And uh, I, I always, and then of course, then the rhythm section picks up, and he has the second half of the solo over. It picks up. It's It's really really great the way he kind of weaves in and out of the that kind of section. And I also, what I really liked about it is, I'm not a big keyboard guy in quote unquote heavy metal. But what mm. Claude did in that was a great response. Which is very kind of reminiscent of Live and Let Die to me. It has that kind of feel to it. So it doesn't feel cheesy, quote unquote, 80s keyboard. It actually has kind of a classic keyboard approach to it that reminds me of something you would get from say, like I said, something that the Beatles would do or wings or something. It feels more something that stands the test of time which is why it does, where when you sometimes you hear other 80s keyboard, it seems so time-stamped in that mm-hmm. era. He's adding the ambiance to it. Yeah, it's, it's a great yeah. response. Again, it's, it's music, right? It's when guys get together in a room and they realize that you can create these counter-rhythms and counter-melodies, and this song uh, takes all of those devices and makes it a 10 out of 10. Agreed. Frank?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it a trifecta and uh, say last in line again with both these songs it's really close because uh holy diver is a great song and um you know it it's, it's it's got a great, great it's it's got that powerful riff and that really deep groove to it um uh but last in line for everything that we've been talking about all the way down from the keyboard use we were just talking about to the video um it's just i, I just think it's a it's a, a better song it's like it's almost as if they just learn to write a little bit better and you know they they are a band yeah they they add a little bit more sophistication to their writing it's a stronger melody um it's just a better written song so yeah i'm going to go with last in line as well. just a
1: quick last comments about holy diver the one the the one difference was as a fledgling musician at the time you could actually play holy diver like i could play that on bass right i couldn't play last in line on bass so holy diver had that simplistic uh heaviness to it which Made it a little bit more um, accessible to me because actually I, I could actually play it, or yeah. at least I thought I could play it.
2: Yeah, and it crossed over
1: yeah. a lot. The totally. pop lexicon, it was a big hit. Yeah, I totally. Mean, to this day, you will hear Holy Diver on the radio much more than you hear Last Yes, time. absolutely. That's true. It has stood yeah. the test covered. of time.
2: And then you've, like you said, you've got Tenacious D, and you've got the Kill, Kill Switch. Switch. Yeah, you got other, I mean, it really is a you know, it stood the test of time, and I love it. And that's the one thing about. Uh, Holy Diver, that Last in Line, maybe suffers from a little bit. Is that Holy Diver is a little bit more of a raw album, and that there um, there is a little bit more kind of raw energy on on that on overall throughout that record. But there is a like Frank said, there is a there's an, ec- an extra level of execution and polished
0: at, that a song like the Last in Line benefits from. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed.
1: Let's move on to uh, this is kind of an interesting one. "Gypsy" from Holy Diver by Vivian and Dio versus "Breathless," also by Vivian and Dio, both album tracks. I'll um, start it off. I think "Gypsy" for me because I thought for some reason I think he wrote it about a roller coaster. I always thought she
2: that- was straight from
1: hell, but you <laughs> never could tell. That bluesy type. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. to me, I just if, if you're competing the two. Breathless is a little bit of a faster song. Um, not that Dio ever did kind of thrashy tunes. They delved into it a little bit, but I just, what you just said, the bluesy, the the lyric, the melody of Gypsy, ride the gypsy queen with the really cool harmony in the chorus. Uh, so I'm going to give that one to uh, to Gypsy. What do you think, Frank?
4: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Gypsy's the winner between those, mainly for that first Line, you know, I mean, any song that opens up with she was straight from hell, it's like, okay, you win. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> tap into What do you think, Rick? Uh, Rick, Rick, what do you think, Rick? Hey, hey, Rick. What do you think, Rick's Rick? Rick's
4: a big fan of Breathless.
2: <laughs> Rich, on the other hand, no, I actually really love Breathless. This is super hard for me because I, one of my favorite things was this Vivi, Vivian Appice's intro, little chat, 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 and Dio's going, no,
3: no, 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 no. 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 like, that right with cool it. Like,
2: and the cool thing is, is that a breathless. Is really unique in that it's got he's uh, Vivian's just playing open chords and and Dio's dancing around that verse and it's got. But where breathless to me falls a little short is in the chorus. I'm breathless, ready yeah. to burn, breathless,
4: yeah, yeah she's willing to marry. It's burn. a little bit of product of the time. Yes. You know what,
1: You know what's kind of funny? When I was talking about breathless, even though I just listened to it today, when I said it was a faster song, I was thinking of Quiet Riot's breathless.
2: Which is a great song.
1: Yeah, but Dio's breathless is not fast. Yes. It's much more like, that.
3: no, no and
2: it's a great bit because the thing is that jimmy bain is driving that song because vivian's playing these open chords and 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 like i said jimmy bain is really pulsing Dude. the beat beat in that and that verse and it's such a great bit like i said it just suffers slightly because of that chorus is just not as strong as the rest of the song it, the it's breathless has a killer guitar solo it's got this big key change and vivian's solo is killer but Gypsy on the whole to me, it's got a great vibe. Dio singing his ass off. It's just overall, I, I'm going have to give it to Gypsy.
1: It's also got a great intro and brothers like <laughs> <laughs> At Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. And also too, um, there's there's a few bass players from this time frame that really get underrated as, as, as bass as far as the way they write their parts. Um, I always think Frankie Bello. I always think Bob Daisley. Uh, Jimmy Bain, and I was telling Rich, his tone on these two albums are so good.
0: And And they do a lot
1: of... Um, it's not quite Van Halen because there's a rhythm guitar under the solo but it's very low in the mix. Yes. It's mostly bass. It reminds me of Gene Simmons bass on like Lick It Up or something where you really yeah. hear it up front in the mix. Very, very, very cool stuff. Yep. Um, Billy, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with Gypsy. I'm going to say that because like like you said, just the, just the opening line of the first verse and the attitude of that right there and just I think the chorus is better as well and I'm, dude, I'm going Gypsy. All right, there you go. Uh,
1: Then we follow up with uh, Caught in the Middle. Both these albums have five songs on side one Caught in the Middle versus I Speed at Night. And once again, two kind of obscure tunes, both of them written by Apache, Campbell, Dio, and Bane. Wow. So there you go. Um, More college Schnell. (laughs) Schnell's not involved. Schnell. No no publishing for Schnell. Uh, Rich, kick it off. Caught in the Middle versus I Speed at Night.
2: I love Caught in the Middle. Great melodic rock song from Dio, but I Speed at Night is one of my favorite Dio songs of all time. That riff, man. (laughs) And it, it is like... A th- complete the reason I love and these types of songs from Dio is because they're up tempo, they're fast, they 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 are smoking songs, but they remind me of uh, a modern take on "Burn" by Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. still a super bluesy rock, just busting down doors. They're not these, what what you would say, uh, the kind of fast bar burners that you get from modern heavy metal bands, which feel like uh, they're like Greyhounds. They're super fast and they're pretty, but they don't have balls dragging. <laughs> and, and I Speed at Night is, is, a, is a pit bull of a riff. I mean, it's a great song. The other thing I like about it is, um, you know, again it marries that that kind of old world with the new world and it was the kind of maiden and priest were also doing the same thing it was like they were ushering in this new era of metal but they were tipping the cap to the people that influenced them which were the deep purples and which were the rainbows and these bands from that era and i think that was really really cool that you know we were able to then to look back like we were to Clapton once we discovered Van Halen. It's always that kind of generational rock, because you can hear that. High speed at at night, no doubt about it.
4: Frank? Yeah, I'm going that way as well. Um, I I never really liked... um, I'm sorry, I'm black in the middle. middle. Caught in the middle. Yeah, I never really... I always found that song kind of just uh, a little too... Middle of the road, it a little me, it's a little AOR. It's it never did much. Good hook though. Room. It's a great song. It's yeah. just
2: it's up against a
4: beast. Yeah, it's up against a uh, an absolute monstrous song. And play I, that drum fill, that coming in I can't even. I, oh, I can't even it's do a it. Beast yeah, man, yeah, yeah. it just makes me want to punch people. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. That's one of those moments on those two albums where to me it's a it's a clear winner just because you know I speed at night is just such a fun song and that in that you know. 80s 70s influenced like you said the the kind of a a variation on burn you know that that kind of like late 70s hard rock yeah. deep purplish kind of thing yeah. put on amphetamines you know and um yeah so a song like caught in the middle just can't compete with that i mean caught in the middle is a good song but it's just kind of like
1: eh. yeah I, I find caught in the middle to be it's, it's a good tune for a first record they probably you know jammed it out in a day or two but once again it's kind of a filler. It is. I mentioned this to Rich earlier the once the, the, the genius of Dio as a lyricist. Yes, he's a great singer and we all know he's a great showman and awesome shows, but your touches send rushes to the brain. Like that everyone can but know they knows exactly up. when a chick touches you and it makes you f- f- like dude, your touches send rushes through the brain and I speed at night. I don't know what that means, but what a like, but I very,
4: speed at night. It's a very evocative line. It is. You know? like, I, I speed at night. Like,
1: I wish I could think of something that cool. It's like, so, you know, once again, the riff, everything else. But to me, it's the lyrics that throw it over the top. with what is leading off with your touches, send rushes through the brain. So that was always one of my favorites. I speed at night for the win.
3: Bill? For me, I'm going to go for the less is more. I'm going to go for uh, Caught in the middle. Yes. I yeah, really Bill. Wait a minute. There really has got to be an individual. Bunch.
2: Bunch. Those
3: melodies that come in with that, of every vocal melody. Um Looking
2: the, inside of yourself. You
1: might see something and you don't know. know, know. You <laughs> know. Just
3: got your head bobbing. You know what, is what I mean? The verses are
4: actually probably better than the chorus in that song. It's a great
1: song. I'm a pop hooks kind of guy. I'm going uh caught in the middle. I like how when we had the little sing along there, I'm like, you know, that's a pretty damn good song, right?
2: It's a great song. Like I said, it's just up against the legend, yeah, yeah.
1: The sh- legendary Sleaze Patrol
3: covered that song. <laughs> yes. Sleaze Patrol, you can chant that.
2: <laughs>
1: can we have a, uh, pictures or a picture, a promo shot of Sleaze Patrol? Oh, again? I'll get one for you. Please, I'll find please. one. Yeah. And oh.
3: Possum from. Uh, yeah, yeah, from. from, from, from uh, what is uh, with,
1: uh Revolver. Revolver. Yeah, exactly. Revolver.
3: And now he's with Capitol Records video team. But anyway. What did he do? He was a drummer. Oh, he, was was? drummer. Yeah. Oh, he was a drummer,
1: yeah. He was a freaking Tommy Lee sticker spinner we need a picture of sleaze patrol we'll tag it yeah i'll get one excuse me onto the instagram okay so then we go to the the side one closer once again a lot of similarities don't talk to strangers uh by ronnie james dio versus one night in the city by the whole band abbacy Bain, campbell and dio uh both of them five minutes long um I, I love the lyrics for "One Night in the City." I always wondered, like, if he was singing about the, the Antichrist or something. Like, Johnny was a dark child; he was promised to us all. Like, it's—I'm it's, not sure exactly where he's coming from. It's a real cool grinding tune, but once again, don't talk to strangers. To me, that's maybe number two or three in the entire Dio catalog. Uh, similar um, uh, approach to "Last in Line," where it starts up very slow. Uh, don't don't think it's heaven because it's really only hell and there's this weird hell. hell I like I, I remember hearing that when I was a kid and it freaked me out. Yeah. And don't dream of women because they'll only bring you down. Like that's Catholic church written all over it, which Dio was a Catholic s- school kid. Yeah, and you realize yeah. like he's like, it's so dark and evil and dirty and the riff is great. And I think at one point when we were, we were never going to do a third album of covers, but you and I discussed briefly some tunes that we might want to do. And don't talk to strangers was one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one and murders in the Rue Morgue" were two that we had discussed
4: Two amazing.
1: Uh, don't talk to strangers like, dude, that's so, so good. So I'm going with that one, Frank.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with that one as well. Uh, I just like the the juxtaposition of the the two types of song. You know, the the uh, the kind of ballady intro yeah. uh, launching into the 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 heavier song, and the lyrics are really interesting. And it's just a more memorable song. Um, you know, one night in the city to me is a little bit kind of like uh, caught in the middle. You know, just kind of middle of the road, average. You know, caught good song. Not, I mean, there's not a bad song on either of those records, but um, just. Uh, Uh, Don't Talk to Strangers is just more of a memorable song to me, you know. Don't smell the flowers. They're an evil drug to make you lose your
1: mind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, are, man. Are... That you know what that reminded me of? Uh, Wizard of Oz. Remember when she goes and yeah. she smells uh, the oh, the poppy poppies? Poppy. Yeah, I, th- I was wondering poppies. if you got that from Wizard of Oz. But. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Billy, I'm gonna definitely go with "Don't Talk to Strangers," man. I love the uh, I love songs like that. That uh, even just to take another example, like Boston's "More Than a Feeling" starts off with a nice acoustic guitar. Yep. Okay, so uh, don't talk to strangers breaking it down starts off with this 12th string guitar mm-hmm. the drums come in then the second guitar comes in then the bass comes in to add to it yes and then they freaking break heavy as all get out <laughs> with lots of with lots of attitude and great melodies then you got a great guitar solo so i, I gotta go with don't talk to strangers
2: rich i'm not gonna belabor the point it's definitely don't talk to strangers which is one of the greatest dio songs of all time as you said i put it in my top five for sure um it it is one it is one of vivian's shining moments for a first time putting out a record for the world to see this solo is a barn burner it is it is it is laying down suppressing fire and telling (laughs) other dudes and other bands wait watch out um I will say the one thing about "One Night in the City" that I love—I wrote, kind of wrote some notes on this song—was uh, that this is a band that plays really well together. And Frank and I had been playing together uh, for many. I think 1992 is when we first, or maybe 91 wow. or 92 is when we first started playing together. When we and were we, five and six, and we, yeah, yeah. we 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 play very well together. And I, I will tell you that <laughs> one of the things that a lot of drummers can learn from listening to One Night in the City is that Vinny Apicey plays for the song and he's very musical. Don't, 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 don't. he's he always is accenting with the band he's and and it's not just about a a a fill or a transition it's it's how he can become part of the music and how his drums as a percussion instrument can be uh can you know raise the uh the arrangement and
1: once again you're talking about a john bonham
2: yes he absolutely is is for, for in my opinion he is the john bonham of heavy metal and that He plays just the right part in every song. He's so good. I love the Nico McBrains, and I I think there's a lot of you know, I, guys like Dave Holland get some guff for not being flashy, but when it comes down to it, I think that Vinny was the guy, and in, in One Night in the City is him at his finest, where you can really hear him shining, but but so subtly that it really elevates the song. But it's just a shame that <laughs> Don't Talk to Strangers is kicking its yeah. ass all over. The and town. once
1: again, uh, Jim, uh, Vivian, and um, Phil, Susan, who now plays in Last in Line after Jimmy being passed away both said that v- vinnie is such a loud player because he hits wow. so hard oh wow. much like little uh, little frankie Fun. wilhelm over here uh <laughs> he said this to, to stand in front of that drum kit is very hard because it's so gah, yeah. gah, monstrous monstrous so he's got that that style as well
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed
1: side two with uh, straight through the heart versus evil eyes. Do me a favor, Rich. What's the how does straight through the heart start?
2: Frank! get yeah.
1: yeah. Now remember a few years ago There was a little bit of a controversy With a guy who's since passed away God bless him Dean something or other I can't remember who he worked for But we were supposed to do A track on that Dio tribute record That came out that Metallica was on And Hailstorm and Corey Taylor and everybody Last in line Well uh, Tenacious D that we listened to And we talked about It didn't work out But we had talked about doing Invisible But then I think Was it you said It should be straight to the heart Or was it the other way around Do you remember this? Um,
2: I think we discussed it. We were, you know, I love both of those songs. I think Fozzie would play straight through the heart. Uh, amazing. Right. But I think you would sing invisible. amazing. And, and
1: I think that's, yeah, I think straight Through the heart was what was suggested. And you said invisible yeah. is what we should do. Conversely, because, because you always want to listen to how right, you can right. interpret it. Conversely, uh hailstorm ended up doing straight to the heart and they did a great job. Um, yeah straight to the heart that riff evil eyes is good but i think evil eyes that's hard man because i'm listening to it in my head as i'm talking about this but i just think that Dio band with that drummer of, of vinnie or is it a peachy how do we say it frank
4: well it's funny if i if i'm not mistaken it's a piece um well i think one of the brothers i think carmine says it's a piece and vinnie says say it's, it's apathy
3: now what in the hell is
2: going on around <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> yeah. So it's Vinnie Appice and Carmine
1: Appice. Okay, but stay away from a That's that's <laughs> completely <laughs> not yeah. a peach. Yeah, I mean, neither would say not that. Not say Apice. So Vin, Vinnie Appice uh, or Appice uh, with with that groove of Straight to the Heart um yeah, man, I gotta give it to straight through the heart. But "Evil Eyes" is pretty cool, man. I like those fast Dio songs. Great. So I'm gonna say 9.5 and, and 9.59. But I'm gonna go with straight through the heart. What do you think, Frank?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna give it to straight through the heart because of the way it opens up. I mean, it just it's just it's drummer fest. Yeah, and, and but not only that, it's just like the way it, the way he extends that riff out. You know, it feels like you're dangling over a cliff. You know, it's like it it really. It, it builds a kind of tension to wh- where it's going. You don't know where this is going to end up, and it. Uh, I think it also just has that kind of um, that deep groove and that classic kind of uh, nod to the the late seventies rock that um, that he came from. You know, the rainbow and and all that stuff. Yeah, I it's Bonham. Listen yeah. to the way yeah. he's
2: playing. He it yeah. all those little breaks. Yeah. Is all yeah. that all oh, that bottom. stuff all is complete. Bonham. There's
4: there's 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 room to breathe in in those spaces there yeah and evil eyes sounds a little bit more like he's he's writing to his his image i guess you know like he like he has this kind of uh um wizard of playing his character yeah yeah he's writing to his character yeah. in that song and i mean it's an okay song but it's it's got a little bit of that filler feel it to me so i definitely like straight through the heart
1: and once again in the pantheon of uh great opening lines in a deal lyric hanging from the cobwebs in your mind it looks like a long long way to fall yeah like dude, that's, that's awesome dude that, I mean, like, you, like here's You're so your mind badass. and it's in the cobwebs but when it falls it's going all the way down like your freaking feet you know like yeah. it's a long way to fall what do you think billy i'm gonna go with uh, i gotta go
3: with straight through the heart yeah i was listening today and i was just like it brought me back when i was listening to to hear that drum fill Start the song off. I was yeah. like, all right, that's badass. Then the riff that comes in afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then the actual, just the uh, the attitude of going to hit you straight through the heart. You know, that, that gets me. So I got to go with that one. As we've all been talking about, the greatness of that one. I love both the songs. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm, I'm going straight through the heart.
2: Rich, I actually think that this song launched a lot of what you hear in the '90s from these groove rock bands, I really think when yeah, you, you listen mean? to Pantera, the, all that space, that groove, mm-hmm. da, da, da da I mean that 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 riff really was uh, was a flag Gosh. in the ground, and I would I would go as far as to say it was probably my favorite. Uh, dio solo song of all time because it is a total package song dio is at his best vivian's at his best the band yeah. is at its best it, it to me it sees them there's so much energy coming off that track and the reason i i and i uh, you know again listen i like Hailstorm. I think you're an amazing band but they where they missed the mark in my opinion is is not don't do a song unless you either a do it different or do it better And they did neither. They copied it, the song, but you can't. That's just like, don't do Stairway to Heaven. Like, what do you you think's going to happen unless (laughs) you just do your own version? That's like Straight Through the Heart is one of the greatest hard rock songs of all time. And and it's also one of the reasons why um, Dio had a real tough time in later in his career because he couldn't capture the magic of those songs without vivian without jimmy without vinnie Appice, that was the magic you know ozzy was lucky he found jake he found, yeah, found zach. he found zach yeah. i mean he was he You're really right, was able to find yeah, partners man. and then he also was able to keep of you know geezer on uh, in certain tours and then when
1: he wasn't he was even bringing back you know i'm also going to say just to uh, interrupt with all due respect everybody's managers ozzy had sharon yes who was a visionary dio had wendy wendy uh, much like you know other people have their wives there's one that we can think of they consider themselves to be a Sharon Osbourne, but they're not the visionary that she is. Sharon always knew who to get to replace the last. Yes. I don't think Wendy did with all due respect to her. Yes. So when these guys started leaving, she did not replace them with a great, with a greater or better roster like yes. Sharon did in Ozzy's band.
2: I told, I think you nailed it. And it's a shame because he was still making and writing great material. This It wasn't the magic of that four guys chemistry that you feel on straight through the heart which you feel on van halen one and then you feel on cowboys from hell there's that magic Mm -hmm. that energy that you can't that recipe can't be replicated Mm -hmm. and uh and and i think no no stronger can it be found than on straight through the
1: heart here's a little bit of a trivia for you as well um straight through the heart written by dio and jimmy bain wow i don't know if Jimmy was much of a lyricist I know Dio was I would say that that could be a Jimmy Bain riff
2: good probably could be, you yeah. know and the so, Mike
1: Inez No More Tears gimmick go. yeah yeah exactly and that leads us to the potential Fozzie cover which never happened Invisible written by uh, Vivian Vinnie Apice and Dio versus Mystery which is Jimmy Bane and Dio um, Billy what do you think
3: I got to go mystery on that one. Mm-hmm. I just like the chorus better. I, I love that chorus. I love the way it just, you know, it's always a mystery.
1: Ding, ding, I ding, always love that. Ding, and the, ding, the
3: keyboard yeah. hook in there and just i love that's a pop hook to me yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm going with i've got to go with mystery
1: i'm going to double up on that and go mystery as well um the two gems from that catalog because as we know this band lasted for one more album into sacred heart which was not as good because i think there was a lot of issues at the time yeah but i love the song hungry for heaven oh, i love that
3: song it was, and
0: rock it, and roll children
1: as well mirror songs to mystery some keyboard hooks it's poppier yeah. uh, it's a radio song um, and once again there was a video for mystery and yeah. that y- you would see it more you would yeah. hear it more yeah. because of the video. I think that uh invisible is pretty cool and it's a great riff bam bam now down down now down down now down bow, which is very similar to a song that we play right now called judas <laughs> down down pow down 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 pow to get to get to get to go um but yeah invisible's got the trippy kind of uh psychedelic intro but to me mystery and being kind of the popular guy i i like that too i love the hook better. on that yeah yeah, yeah. definitely rich she had thirteen
2: years of teenage tears yeah. and never a helping hand. <laughs> she had fourteen more of rain before she saw the sign of sight of land. Mm-hmm. She was a photograph just ripped in half. Oh, a smile a great- inside a frown. And then the light, the answer right inside her coming down. Invisible, hands dude, down. Dude, dude. Mystery's a great song, but but invisible <laughs> is Dio. At the top form lyrically, Vivian's solo is freaking mind blowing. The riff is mind blowing. It's, I mean, to me, it's just, again, it goes down to the magic of Holy Diver if it's if the magic holy diver is going to be topped it has to be because the song will last in line it's it's ticking all the boxes yeah, yeah. and i like mystery but it, to me it just can't stand up to invisible
1: well let me add to this by the way i was going to point out I, I don't take notes like youtube i remember trying to make a mental note of she was a photograph that's ripped in half oh, that is so amazing cool. but yeah. let me let me fire back at you with a lyric that i always to this day to this day still love uh, Hey can you hear me can you see There's a storm on, j- on the edge of the sky Does it matter well it does To me and I can tell you why Anytime to this day when somebody goes It doesn't matter I always think and I didn't even Realize it until we went back through It doesn't matter well it does to me And I can tell you why and I, I don't know Why I never re- way to that to deal but when we were listening to that today I, it doesn't matter well it does to me and i can tell you why so anyways frank
4: yeah um and that's that's a great point although i got to go with invisible just because you know that dark energy of that song and um to me uh mystery was a little too too much of a reach for radio you know it's like it was a little bland you know it's it's a good song i didn't really like the keyboard you know they really used keyboards well in dio for the most part but it the the keyboard line in mystery underneath the uh, just the big open chords in in the chorus sound too that was for me
2: rough
1: yeah, sonically it wasn't in the, the mix Sonically usual... I hear you Oh the, the patch the You know style, the synth yeah, yeah. The yeah. synth sound yeah. They should have yeah. chosen Another button yeah. on the synth Yes synth yeah. synth <laughs> exactly One yeah. the synthesizer
2: Yeah And remember The guitar riff yeah. ba One of the first Pinch harmonics Wow I've ever
1: heard Good of Yeah you're right about that right. Of, uh, uh, Zach Wilde, uh, Rich, yeah. Ward Ping, Wilde yeah. Rich Ward Free Zach Wilde Rich Ward
4: Dimebag yeah, uh, John
3: Sykes Yes Was yeah. Sykes doing no, That's not
4: even Sykes Yeah
2: Sykes was doing it, but got it, till about slid it in or 87 yeah, this so is this 84 and
1: this is early people yeah. too, this is early on in the in the in the advancement of metal 83 yes, 84
4: very early frank yeah, just that kind of beep 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 under those power chords, it's only a mystery. Okay, thank you. I I just like uh, I like invisible. That's also when Dio was wearing his black and purple
1: outfit. Yeah, black pleather with a purple kind of a jester. My last, my last, yeah, my last note I had on
2: mystery in my little notes here says, how can you sing about dragons and burning in the flames in a in the key of A major? Yeah
4: like (laughs) that's true that's That's a musical you
2: should never sing in in the key of A major it's the happiest of all chords (laughs) yeah you're
4: not gonna you're not gonna compete with Duran Duran for radio space singing about wizards and warlocks I want that to be on my tombstone how could you sing about dragons and
0: burning in the flames in the key of A major (laughs) the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters
1: As we get ready to wind up, uh, the eighth track on the record uh, out of nine, Rainbow in the Dark, which is the entire Dio band, all four members, versus Eat Your Heart Out, which is also the entire uh, Dio band. Frank.
4: Oh, well, this one's a slam dunk for me, Rainbow in the Dark. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite Dio songs of all time. It was the first one I ever heard, and I was never a big fan of keyboards in the 80s i always thought keyboards were for sissies you know it's like i wanted to hear guitars you know it's like whenever there was a band with keyboards i thought you know oh you're just trying to appeal to girls you know it's and the keyboard like, player always look like a loser too yeah like, yeah it was like I was, not not schnell david yeah. Bryan, well, no. i never i never dug David rashbaum whole, i never dug in the 80s the whole lineup of the band with the lead singer one guitarist one bass player a and a keyboard player. Yeah, play. yeah it's like the keyboard player b- belongs behind the curtain. But
1: <laughs> by the way, can I just say that when Dio toured in the 80s for people that don't know, poor Claude Schnell had to play uh, where did he have to play Rich.
2: Well, there was one tour where I saw him in the top of the castle like Don Airy
1: and then he was <laughs> then he was pushed behind the curtain. He was regulated behind the curtain. Damn. He was like the Wizard of Oz. There's nothing to see here behind the curtain except for a mustachioed poofy head keyboard player.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, first of all, that guitar riff in Rainbow in the Dark is just so incredible and the way it's played it plays the keyboard plays off of that it's like that keyboard line in that song with that guitar riff is like to use uh, use a big word it's so incongruent you know but it just I just that was what made it so cool to me. I was like, "Wow, that's different!" It's when music is composed. Yeah, exactly. It's like I I would have never thought to do a keyboard line in that song, and I would have thought that it would be terrible when you hear it. Though it's great, and um, yeah, I think you know, "Rainbow in the Dark" is probably my favorite Dio song, and if not. My favorite in my top five for sure. So um, I don't even remember what song it was competing with up against. Eat your heart out. Yeah, you're a
1: bad, bad no. boy.
4: He actually says that in that yeah. song. Yeah. Then you're
1: hungry
2: all of you night.
4: Boy, talk about Eat it. it. Bam, then bam, talk bam, about bam, a slam bam, dunk. Yeah, bam, that's, bam, bam, bam. yeah, that was that's an easy one for me. Rainbow in the dark by far. Um As weird because, that that song appeared so late on the record. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because it very, was the lead single. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was the it first. Was the first single. was it before Holy Diver or after? That? I don't know if it was, but it was. It was way it should have been. Two and three. It you know, was a big single. The, off the album that record. should have started with Holy Diver and went into Rainbow in the Dark. If, if you're going to talk about that,
4: but or at least it should have started with you know stand up and shout and then gone into Rainbow. Rainbow, Rainbow in the dark. dark is normally what you would think would have been the second song on the record. You know, so, yeah. Very strange that that song appeared so late in the uh, in the lineup on that record. But it, it's easily better of the two.
1: So in 1985, I started my high school band, Scimitar not the illustrious sleaze patrol. Oh, okay. And we were a trio only because we couldn't find another guitar player to play with us. Uh, this guy moved down the street from me in our high school. He was an East Indian guy and he had super long hair. So an East Indian guy with long hair in Winnipeg was kind of a weird thing. And I remember he talked like this. Hey, how's it going, man? He had a really high voice. How you doing? And um, found out he played guitar. So we asked him to come jam with scimitar and, uh, he didn't last long because I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, but two songs that he brought to the sessions was Ace's High, he taught us how to play that, and the other one was Rainbow in the Dark. And I still remember the bass like brown Boom Bound Bing Ding 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 Ding. And he would play a guitar version of the keyboard part in that song. He was really good, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. Like just, I liked Rainbow in the Dark, but having him with us to play it suddenly was like my favorite Dio song. And just the singing of it. Of course, I'm sure we weren't playing it right. We thought we were. We thought we were singing it right. If there's a tape of it right now, we'd all be laughing how bad it is. But at the time, it was good and it was really good because of rick Ramratin. so i'm sure
4: <laughs> rick ramratten
1: i owe it to you buddy <laughs> rick if you're listening thanks for uh for joining us for two weeks and showing us what life could be like but um yeah once again first deal song i heard on the radio so well constructed um i gotta go with rainbow in the dark over a cool riff but not the same uh, monumental Iconic standards that that Rainbow's in, Bill.
3: I'm going to go with Rainbow in the Dark, but at the same time, oh. on uh, on the Last in Line, Eat Your Heart Out was one of my favorite songs, uh, just because of the the. Uh, the delivery of that lyric right there. And I I really did love it. And the illustrious Sleaze Patrol did play both of them (laughs) at one point in the band room. But, you know, Rainbow in the Dark is a no-brainer. That riff in the beginning, the keyboard line, the chorus. And then they had a music video for it. That's right. So when that badass solo comes up, Vivian Campbell is handed a red Tisco Del Rey surf guitar, and he shreds it on the video like no other,
1: and... I think from a what
3: I recall. guitar
4: solo in that great I think, great guitar I think from what
1: I recall is that Vivian's appearances in both the Rainbow in the Dark and Last in Line video were just for the solos. Yes. You never saw him yes. before, during, or after. Jesus. They the went solo. to Sears,
3: they bought that red guitar. They handed it to him for the solo of Rainbow in the Dark for the video. Yeah. And he shredded the hell out of it. And, you know. Anyway, it's a better song all all around, lots of energy. I'm going Rainbow in the dark. All right, Rich? yeah no need
2: to beat a dead horse yeah Yeah. yeah. rainbow in the dark is is one of the greatest heavy metal songs of all time. you know i put it up there with you got another thing coming and you know it's probably
1: the most famous dio song as well when you get compilations that's the dio song it's iconic
2: yeah it is it's an amazing song i don't don't even need to eat your heart out it's a great song and and i actually love the fact that in eat your heart out there's like a breakdown chorus where it's just the drums and there's a three-part vocal harmony on it's like really cool but hey dude sorry Right, it's rainbow in the dark man. isn't that where it slows
1: down <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah dude <laughs> plan, man there's a lot of it. space in that song eat yeah. your heart i <laughs> love that space <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my favorite ball. yeah i <laughs> love <laughs> that it's a great <laughs> song yeah, man it really is it's, it's so not a bad song but
2: rainbow the dark again like frank was saying it's one of the best composed songs you know he
1: had a great point frank frank you did when he said i was surprised it was so late in the record i did you actually had a great point. <laughs> but and this is not in the days when you could just shuffle. You had to listen through the thing. Yeah. But so we're Here I Go Again on That's the good point. Yeah. There's a lot. Dude, of there's sets. a lot like that. You're right. Power yeah. Slave was seven on the on the track listing. Uh, you know? Don't Stop Believing? Don't Stop. Wow. Where's that? That's like six or seven. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. What are you talking about?
2: Journey? Don't yeah. Stop Believing? Yeah. It's the first song on the album. No, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: Uh, dude.
2: Uh,
1: I'm joking, dude. <laughs> I was like, are you. <laughs> I was like you out of your mind, <laughs> you shook me all night
4: long. Is number six or
1: seven? Yeah, that's on, true. You
4: know? It's 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 buried kind of further there. down there. So,
1: um, and so we get to the grand finale of these sister records, and once again, uh, started out along the same lines, and it ends along the same lines of two slower, heavy, epicy type songs. Shame on the night from Holy Diver, written by all four guys. And Egypt, the chains are on. Also written by all four guys. Uh, that's seven minutes long. Versus five and a half for Shame on the Night. I'm going to kick this one off, keeping the fine tradition of the uh, the, uh, uh, the the efficiency, of the the affluency, the the demand for uh, Egyptian songs in 1984. I did not like this song as much when I first heard it because it's slow and heavy. But to me. Egypt is the most sabbath song, if I can say that, with the exception of Holy Diver, where it's very slow and heavy. But, man, Egypt has, it's an epic, it's a maiden song. It's got so many tempo changes, and there's a, a vocal solo. A, they had rainbows in their eyes. Like, you know, ding-a-ding-a-da-down. ding a ding down Bam! Yeah, this crazy <laughs> solo. Um, it went from a song that I wasn't too into to at this point in time here in 2018 with a 47 year old Chris. Top five Dio songs for me. Uh, the other half of the Dio, not the fast up tempo, but his roots of Sabbath and these great lyrics with Vivian Campbell's solo and, and just such a great vibe. And all across the board, Egypt. The chains are on for me.
3: Billy? I'm going to go uh, Shame on the Night. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I love. Boom. I love the. Um, the bluesiness of it, and it's it's a uh, a, a low tempo style song. Yeah, um, just uh, the dun,
2: whole. Deli- dun, dun
1: that is awesome and, it, and then the end of it the end of it boom, boom, you know, boom, boom,
2: boom,
3: boom. You know I mean, shame on boom. the night that out was so boom. heavy I mean I, yeah, enough dude. said right there I'm going shame on the night shame, that's just me and I love you. the chains are on it grew on me when dude, I you're right, right, you
1: know, dude I mean like I said this is, this is like a maiden epic versus a blues rock killer yes. tune you know it's, it's hard what do you, do you think it's hard, yeah,
4: Frank. Uh, I'm going to go with Shame on the Night as well, uh, mostly because i I didn't really ever care for the the kind of epic uh, songs, epic theme songs, you know, like uh, like w- the the my least favorite Maiden songs were like To Tame a Land, and, okay. and uh, and um, like uh, Ancient Mariner? Mariner and all okay. those. Those were always kind of my least favorites of those. I I, I was a little bit more into like songs that followed the basic song structure verse chorus verse and, and out you know I don't need to I don't need to linger and it's just you know for the reasons they were talking about, that little that guitar intro and everything, and um, just had a, a little bit of a darker energy. It's it's odd because my first two choices were the first two songs on uh, on Last in Line, but then like to me, it seems you like been
1: all the way through with, uh, with ever since, Holy e- since e- ever
4: since I picked a Holy Diver song, it's been Holy Diver songs. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even really realize that till just now. I think uh, I'd probably have to say the Holy Diver overall is a better record. Oh, hold on. Oh, no.
1: sorry, sorry, we're not there yet.
4: <laughs> she popped out of the cake too soon. Sorry, um, but yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, shame on the night. Take it on home, Rich.
2: This is so hard for me because. I know you like both styles that he's coming from. I love. I mean that outro and Shame of the Night is so heavy. And he actually does the laugh at the end. Like it's one oh, of the yeah. few times yeah. you get an evil Dio laugh. And
1: I was I was you know, it's funny that you say that because when I heard it today, I don't recall that. It was like that was a that was the Aussie trademark yes. laughing. And this was his first album on his own. You know, I'm always wondering like, yeah. did he laugh on that just because Ozzy was and laughing? And it was
2: much more menacing. Uh, laugh. Yes. like mm-hmm. Ozzy's is crazy, playful, crazy laugh. And Dio's
1: this was. is like, I'm gonna yeah. take you to hell.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> was yeah.
4: taking your soul. Yeah.
2: But I'm I'm gonna say as much. A shame of the night. If it's if it's a like you said, if it's a nine point five, then I'm Egypt is for me is a nine point five point one, and the reason is is because I do love the Sabbath. Uh, e- Egypt, the chains are on is a very Sabbath song, and I love Jimmy Bain is channeling Geezer, and I, yeah, I love control. the keys and the core the chords in the second verse. It's that classic kind of Deep Purple thing where the first verse is just the guitar, but then he adds the little pads in to kind of supplement Dio's vibe in the second verse. It's a great song they're both equally great i'll go with egypt just so that i can be on the right side of history with mr jericho
1: <laughs> <laughs> i will say this wise this, move sir this is one thing um, uh, I, I didn't do this for the first couple of classic album clashes because i was lazy but listening to it the last few like hearing shame of the night that outro i had totally forgotten about that had i not listened and you would have said oh remember the outro I'd be like what outro and then you hear it, like i forgot Like that's so good like, it's, you know.
2: When he says oh. shame on all of you. Yeah, shame on all of you.
1: you. That's,
4: that's goosebumps. Right <clears> that reminded
1: <throat>. me of, uh, uh, say, you don't love me, you'll burn. Voodoo. Yeah. Like, that's one Dude. thing about Dio. Like, you know, people say big, small, whatever, but he, like, I was scared of Dio. Like, I really was. Like, he looked like a, like a demon from, like, hell. You yeah. When you met him in person, he was the nicest guy ever. Yeah, Stunk of weed, drinking red wine. But I was still a little bit scared of Ronnie James Dio. Like, how could you not be? You know what I mean? As you do. As you do. <laughs> uh, a couple of few last stories. I went and saw. Uh, it was a Maiden, Dio, and Motorhead uh, in Phoenix the night before we had SummerSlam. They played on a Saturday. We played on a Sunday. And I went there. I got a couple pictures with him, and he gave me a glass of red wine. I haven't drank red wine in fifteen freaking years. It's probably the reason why. And when I <laughs> went to put my arm around for the picture, I accidentally turned the wine glass so that the wine poured down Dio's shoulder. And I was—I remember he was wearing a black kind of like. A much cooler version of what Jeff Tate was wearing the other day. the Kind of a daishiki thing but more of a Dio evil. Yeah, more the Dio.
3: And I was like, Dio shiki.
1: (laughs) Dio shiki. And I was like, oh my gosh Mr. Dio, I'm so sorry. He goes, "Ah, it's okay. I said like, thank you. I thought you were going to put a curse on me. He goes, how do you know I wouldn't? And he (laughs) held up the evil sign and went which is like the like the <laughs> like curse gypsy, gypsy thing, yeah. and then they started laughing. It was like I think you deal just put a curse on me. He's gonna kill me. But um, just the, he had that vibe to him. But let me ask you a question. Uh, we're both big fans of both these bands. Who screwed up worse in the path of their solo careers, Ronnie James Dio or David Lee Roth? As far as what they did with the band that had the chemistry to take them to a legit arena level band.
2: David Lee Roth David no, Le- oh, yeah. no, hands, question. Yeah. no question no question David Lee Roth like it, at least Craig Goldie was a was a known quantity and then Dio tried that Rowan guy the young the young kid clean, yeah. You know? yeah but David Lee Roth uh to me Dio still was trying to be Dio David Lee Roth was trying lots of things you know and I think in this business it's important to be uh, you know you have a brand you know your right? audience and, you yeah. have, and, and knowing who you are so that the fans believe in you and i think dave wandered off the the path if david kept together steve vibe billy Sheen, and greg bissonette for a few records he, he could have right been the biggest in the world yeah and yep. when he lost that band and he didn't have those kind of tent posts to help keep him in line i think it just dave i love dave but i think dave needs to be surrounded by not yes men but but by other people who can help shape the product which right. is why Van Halen was so great.
4: Yeah, I I completely agree. I love Dave. I mean, I'm a I'm a Dave fan, but Dave is just too I don't know if scatterbrained is the right manic. He's too manic. He, he, as much as he seems to have a sense of himself, he's just, so, he's just kind of a an everyman. He needs somebody to kind of rein him in and get the best out of him, you know? And, um, and when he was the top dog, you know, the guy hiring the musicians and you do what I say and everything, he was just too, like, you know, one minute wants to be Frank Sinatra, the next minute wants to be, you know, a metal god, you know? And it's just, it was just too much of, of a a fractured approach you know whereas like you said Dio always was always trying to be Dio even if he wasn't always successful at it
2: correct he wasn't even trying he just was Dio Dio. yeah Yeah. and that was the great thing is he never his band may have have lost a little bit of the specialness because the chemistry and that team that he had originally assembled had watered down he still had good bands that was the one thing I was gonna say about uh you know even though he had great bands they didn't always play the songs the way they were on the album that was the only thing like that tracy g guy and craig goldie they weren't playing stand up and shout the way it was in the record they were like i'm gonna play it my way it's like no 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 Play it the way
1: it is on the the record. record. Play it our way. The way the song is supposed to be. And it's funny when I once again had Vinny on the show when he started "Last in Line" again. A, you could tell he really enjoyed revisiting those songs. But B, he said he had to go on YouTube to watch fans play the songs properly. I thought that was an amazing interview. It was so interesting. He said he had he had no idea how to play the songs. I forgot. I wow. thought that I knew, but then I watched it. It's like I was doing stuff that I did not remember. Wow. And I think that's one thing that Dio's guys would always kind of transpose and transpose and transpose, which us as fans didn't want to see. Billy, you have any comments on that?
3: Uh, you know, I'm going to go with you guys on... Uh I'm going to go with yeah Roth I love David Lee Roth I mean Eat him and Smile when he came out dude that's the shit I mean it was like that killed man, uh, 5150 it, it sure did for me and uh easy the attitude <laughs> yeah I, I attitude, can't go that far it was like the good time Van Halen with superhero musicians and it was moving forward for him Dave was on a he vendetta. was moving up he was yeah. moving forward he wasn't going down then when he lost those guys it, it, and started getting all you know going for this going for that going for the bebop Thing, going for whatever he was going for whatever whatever you call it the polka deal <laughs> anyway i love dave but yeah i gotta give you know dave uh i,
1: I think i think that. i think those are the two best examples of bands that should have been much bigger had the singers in check Understood the chemistry of a rock and roll band, and they both should have known better. Shame on shame on the night, and shame on both of them coming from Van Halen and, and Black Sabbath and Rainbow, knowing the chemistry of a band. Yep. And what we talk about with Ozzy, he was able to do that because he had Sharon spearheading it and picking the right guys and the chemistry, whatever it may be. He had so brains behind him, the like brains more, behind yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even in Ozzy's, let's call them maybe the not
2: as strong lineups, they were still great representations of the brand. Totally. Because
1: you know what, it's Mick and Keith, it's Steve and Bruce, it's it's uh, Dave and Eddie, and it was Sharon and Ozzy. Those two were still together. You know what I mean? So I thought that was always a difference.
4: And one thing I was going to say about what you were comparing, kind of the uh, the uh, the I, I hate to say downfall, but um, the loss in popularity between you know uh, that Dio experience versus David Lee Roth. Dio's to me was much more of a product of the times you know the times yeah. shifted underneath him and he became what he did became less you know the audience became more selective you know what I <laughs> mean The thrash came in and then you know then um uh and then in the early 90s of course grunge right. and all that the times changed but he you know he but remained the same he didn't whereas I think David Lee Roth's you know, kind of demise would have happened regardless because of the choices that yeah, he yeah. made. And Dio still had a career. Like Dave had no career after well, he struggled for a while. We went to like. He played like
2: small clubs. Well, it, in, there was that one period I I saw Dio at King's Head Pub in front of 250 people in Marietta. Well, yeah. What? year? That would have been 95 or 96.
1: King's Head Pub. Pub. Yeah, yeah. very
2: small like oh, yeah. local venue. Like local venue that we wouldn't play. Angry Machines or something like uh, that. It probably was either that or it was Strange, it was strange highways, highways or something, but yeah. He was still but it was forward. the same same around uh, around the same time that I saw Iron Maiden at the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. Right you know in ah, front of yeah. 1500 people so dark there was times some, there was some yeah. relative decline as frank said it was the sign of the times but dios was hurt way worse mm-hmm. because you know Dio wasn't iron maiden you know even though he was an arena well, he act. never
1: was no he, he didn't have the, it, the loyal fan base yeah, fanatics yeah. Yes. that they had uh
4: so final question holy diver versus last in line um frank which one do you choose uh i was i would have bet that i would have chosen last in line but it looks like i would pick holy diver you know when going through it song by song you know uh we rock and um i'm sorry what was last in line yeah no was last in line the second song okay Yeah. yeah those i mean those are great songs and i think they're probably a little bit stronger than the material on uh holy diver but then i i kind of forgot the last time i listened to last in line which has been actually a little while i remember that after those two songs i thought the quality started to dip somewhat you know i started to get bored a little bit more uh easily than you know like listening to something like holy diver so i think uh, holy diver is you know consistently a better record Mm -hmm
1: this is why i love these doing these because you think oh it's easily going to be this one yeah. and then when you actually go toe to toe you tote, surprise yourself wow it's not what i expected you know um i'm gonna go with uh once again you're talking about a a a 9.9 and a, and a 9.91 album but i'm gonna go with last in line um because of the song last in line because of egypt and because of uh we rock i think those are my three favorite dio songs followed by uh don't talk to strangers so if i gotta choose one i'm going last in line and that video with mino peluche who was also in voyagers with john eric hexam which was a huge show in about 1985 and then john eric hexam was fooling around with a gun that he thought was a problem he went, look at me i'm gonna shoot myself bam and the f- how many shot guys himself. have done that yeah so there's the little Mino Palucci oh. <laughs> trivia for you guys, but uh, uh, yeah, last in line for me, but uh, it's very very close. What do you think, Bill?
3: As much as I love the title track for Last in Line and the record, I gotta say uh, I'm going with Holy Diver because of the uh, just the the overall freshness and attitude of the band when they came out and and you know the song Don't Talk to Strangers really got me into it and then I saw the uh, the video for Rainbow in the Dark and just that that uh, you know that song's iconic it's a hard call cuz I love the of a track hard call of Last yeah, in yeah. Line. I love it dude there's a lot of great songs on there but I'm going Holy Diver all right Rich song for song I think I would actually go with you and
2: say Last in Line but if you're asking me put two cds side by side and say which one would you listen to first i would do holy diver okay because of the energy of the record there's something special about those four guys at that moment in time Proving to the world, here we are. It's this. It's a proclamation. It's there's something special about the energy. And even though I'm totally in agreement that uh, I think there was a um, a, a real improvement uh, uh in the songwriting and the in the chemistry of the band, but the the first Holy Diver has that Van Halen one appeal where it's something special about those four yeah. dudes at that moment in time. There's an energy. There's a rawness. That, yeah, and. and and I think
1: that little bit for me pushes that album over the top. It's interesting too because it's, I asked you earlier what "Last in Line" meant. What does "Holy Diver" mean? Like, where did he get that from? I'm sure it meant something to him, but I have no idea. Like, you know, aesthetically, what that means. And the other thing is, you're talking about a debut album from a rock and roll supergroup that probably had 15 albums between them. And I know Viv- Vivian was the was the the odd man out, but don't forget that Metallica. The Mighty Metallica covered a Vivian Campbell "Sweet Savage" song, which was the band he was in before Dio, called really? "Killing Time." Yes, really. So they oh, were that... yes. Oh wow! They were a new wave of British heavy metal band. So when you're talking about the Dio, is there ever been a, a debut record with such a buzz that was not considered a supergroup as much as that band was? I mean, maybe "Eat 'Em and Smile," but that was called supergroup, right? Let's see, Rich just pull this up. What does "Holy Diver" mean? Dio says. And is as congruent, that's a frank word. Did he use it? I don't know. Somebody did. We'll answer the songs about religion and spirituality. He said in the interview that the holy diver is a Christ figure, not Jesus Christ himself. This Christ figure is going to another world to atone for someone else's sins.
4: I still don't know what it means I still do know and it might
1: hey and how are you supposed to know it's not a priest throwing a devil in the water well it's a devil throwing a priest in the water
4: that's how you yeah. know but how do you know how do you know the priest isn't really the devil how do you know and the, the devil is isn't really the priest
2: you know Dio was always kind of a Stephen King kind of guy he was great at painting pictures yes. right and that's what all these songs are about is imagery and yeah. i mean uh chris cornell was great at it and i think sometimes these guys come up with these great titles like you do like you write titles down and they the song is written after the title so he probably has these great kind of word plays and this ways to kind of paint pictures
1: but he doesn't necessarily always know himself what yeah. it necessarily always has to mean. But that's, but that's a good storyteller and a good lyricist. It doesn't like what does it mean? What does it mean to you, Rich? What does it mean to you, Bill? What does it mean, to me, Frank? What does it mean, Chris? It means whatever it means to you. Yes. And that to me, I always thought was like there's no secret to anything. It's just what do you get out of it?
3: Yeah. Because if you think about it, he says, "Oh, it could be the the priest throwing the devil in the water, or the devil throwing the priest in the water." Well, if you look at the Catholic Church today and all the that they're all getting busted for the pedophilia and all that right there i mean it's kinda i mean i know it's kind of crazy but
1: you never know yeah you never do know but does it matter well it does to me yes i can tell you why thanks gents another classic album clash you're welcome next up uh keel the Right to Rock That's versus <laughs> Right to Rock versus the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to leave it. <laughs>
0: You're
1: going to see The Right to Rock versus